Question, who are the people that always achieve their goals and have you met those people that they set a goal, they put a plan into action and then they celebrate, woohoo, <laughs> I've achieved my goal. Have you met the people that set a goal and sometimes achieve the goal? So sometimes they don't, sometimes they do. Have you met the people that set a goal and then never achieve it? And then there's those people, and I'm sure you've met a few of those as well, who actually don't ever have any goals. Uh, that one's an interesting one because ultimately, uh, is it possible we all have goals? It might be, what am I going to have for breakfast? That's my goal, so I go and have that for breakfast. Uh, I want to go and see a movie. I've set a goal to go and see a movie, so I go and see my movie. So there's obviously small goals and then things that really affect what's going to happen in our life. And one of the studies that I've been doing all of my life and something that's of real interest to me is why is it that some people achieve their goals? They say, I'm going to do this and they actually go and do it and other people don't. So in my course of study, <laughs> and there's been a fair bit of it, uh, I've come up with some interesting uh, observations. Uh, if I ask this question, if you have a look at all the people that achieve all of their goals, do they have something in common? Do they live their life differently? What are they doing differently than the people that never achieve their goals or achieve some of their goals, not others? What's the difference? Is it because they've got blonde hair or they wear red t-shirts or they come from a certain country or they wake up at a certain time of the day or there's obviously I'm being silly. Uh, there's been a, a big suggestion that if you want to achieve something, you should write your goals down. So this is my diary. This is my special pen. And I thought, yes, that would be a really good idea. Let's write down our goals. And it's interesting because there's a lot of people who achieve their goals that will share with you that they originally wrote them down. So they wanted to do something. They wrote down what they wanted to do and that helped them achieve their goal. The challenge with that, according to the behavioral scientists, the psychologists and psychiatrists, the people that study why we do the things that we do, have suggested that, yes, it's a great idea to write something down, but our brain doesn't work that way. We can see a word written on a piece of paper, but our brain doesn't think in words. It, th it thinks in pictures. So it's been strongly suggested that if you have a look back over your life and have a look at the things that you have actually achieved, you might find that you had turned what you wanted to do into a real big picture, a real picture, a visualization, if not an actual photo that you stuck on your fridge or you had in, in your diary. So for example, I write things in my diary, but I also have in here a big pile of pictures that uh, when I'm not at my home, well, when I'm at my home, I've always got pictures on my vision board, but I, I will have a, a big, there's a big pile of them there, as you can see, uh, of, of pictures that of things that are really important to me that I want to achieve so that when I'm not at my vision board, which is the electronic pictures of my life that run through my house on a day-to-day -day basis. And often people ask me, Rowie, in the background in the kitchen, you've always got, so there's something flickering through there. Well, that's my vision board. Uh, because every time I walk into my kitchen, every time I go to my desk, every time I walk through our lounge room, I see my life. I see what I've done in the past. I see the things that I have that I appreciate and the achievements that I've already 
achieved, but most importantly, what I'm going to do in the future. Now, the reason I'm sharing that with you <laughs> is that's what people do who are going to and do achieve their goals. So they set a goal, they make a plan to achieving that goal, they have a firm picture in their brain of how to achieve it and what it actually looks like when they do achieve it, and then they go and do it. So I'm going to give you a really interesting story about that. Uh, I like to study, for example, Olympians, and I always have, because for me, they're the ultimate athletes. They don't get to compete every year, and I know that they do, but if you're going to be an Olympian, and if you go to multiple Olympic Games, there's four years in between. So these guys have to stay fully focused uh, for a long period of time. It's not like, well, I've got a six-week goal or 12-week goal. They've got to stay committed, focused, disciplined for four years. So what do they do differently? So I'm going to give you an example. There was a, a girls' beach volleyball team from Australia who were considered reasonably good players and they had a, had a hope of uh, winning the uh, perhaps a bronze medal at the Olympic Games. And I think, don't quote me on this, but I think they had actually won a bronze medal. Obviously, if you've been to the Olympic Games and you've won a bronze medal, you probably want to win a gold medal. Uh, and their coach did something completely different with them that they had never done before. One would suggest that if you are at the standard of going to the Olympic Games, you're already really good at your sport. You obviously have the skill to play your sport or do your athletic pursuit. But what this coach did differently, he found out the exact time that the girls would be competing. So the exact time of the day that they would be competing on the exact day and what the date was. So he made those girls in their diaries go to the exact day and the date and then write in on the time, this is the, the competition for the gold medal. Now, he didn't say for the silver medal. He didn't say two medal. It was if you're going to win the gold medal, you will be competing on this day, date and time. And it was written in their diaries as, a, as an event. And it wasn't written in the, you know, I hope that we will be there or perhaps we will be there or maybe we will be there. It was in the present tense. On this day, date and time, we will be competing for the Olympic gold medal. And there's something really specific in that wording uh, that I took on board because this is a very, for me, this is an awesome story. The next thing he got them to do was every day before they practiced and before they trained and before they went to the gym and before they did all that other stuff, they had to stand on a, and he had it made, an Olympic dais with the first, second and third place, the, the bronze, silver and, and gold medal positions. And they had to stand up on the gold, we've won the gold medal, and sing the Australian National Anthem. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that where <laughs> athletes have competed for their country, they've won a medal and they don't know the words to their own national anthem. So he made them learn the words to the national anthem. They had to stand on the gold medal podium and sing the words or sing the national anthem. And then he had made uh, and found out first the dimensions of what, because apparently every year the, or every four years, the gold medal looks different. The, the medals are, are, are produced by a different country, obviously. But he found out the dimensions of the gold medal for the year that they would be competing. And he had uh, three boxes made, literally, where their gold medal would fit. So these girls would stand on the podium, sing the Australian National Anthem, visualising winning the gold medal. And they had a box ready for the gold medal to go in, which they had obviously kept in their house. Now, I'm sharing this with you because this was a really, I have a, a very distinct memory of that day. 
I was uh, sharing some very cool business information with a group of exercise professionals in Melbourne. And the Australian girls were competing against the Brazilians. And around about halfway through the time frame for beach volleyball, uh, there was some Brazilians in my group. And they were really excited because it looked like there was absolutely no chance that these Australian girls could win the gold medal. The Brazilians were going to win. The the score looked like they were definitely going to win. And that happened at the break in in our seminar. Uh, And interestingly, at the end of our seminar, (laughs) the Australian girls won the gold medal and they literally got to stand on the podium and sing the Australian national anthem and they got that gold medal put into the box. Well, they were given a box, obviously, but they had a box ready for their gold medal. And there's a very specific set of tools there. It's not hopefully, maybe eventually we're going to win the gold medal. On this exact day, date and time, we will win the gold medal. We are prepared for it. We've planned for it. Yes, we have to train and yes, we have to go to the gym and yes, we have to be good at our sport, but we have to be able to visualize it because the brain thinks in pictures. So there's a really great question to be asked. Every goal that you have, everything that you want to achieve, nice to write it down. But we don't think in words, we think in pictures. So if you can't turn your goal, the thing that you want to achieve, the thing you want to do into a picture, the brain scientists suggest that you won't be able to achieve it as effectively, as efficiently, as fast as if you actually can see yourself doing it. And I always use that example as an exercise professional. There's a lot of people who share with me that, for example, they want to lose weight. If you can't see yourself achieving that goal, very difficult to achieve it. If you can't see yourself wearing a certain article of clothing and actually picture yourself wearing it, it's very difficult for your brain to believe that it's possible. It seems that the people who can visualize their goal and they have a picture of it are not even more... Uh, more likely to achieve it. But the science suggests, the history suggests, the people who have achieved their goals suggest that everything that they have ever pictured in their brain and turned it into a picture, whether it's an electronic picture or an actual, they've cut it out of a magazine, uh, they've achieved it quicker or they've achieved it. So there's a great challenge. Whatever it is that you want to do, can you turn it into a picture? And if you haven't, could it be a good idea to do that? That's just one of those very simple things. It doesn't cost any money. It might take a little bit of time, but you have to be able to see yourself achieving your goal. Now, there's this great thing called, uh, uh, if you're going to learn something, it's suggested that you learn things in all different ways. So you can learn things by, yes, by seeing, by doing, by feeling, by smelling, by touching, by tasting. And it's been suggested that if you want to achieve something much quicker, if you want to do something much quicker, then apply all of those. So if you can see yourself achieving a goal, if you've written it down, if you can smell it, so you've actually been to feel it, touch it, taste it, smell it, see it, you've had your photo taken with it, it's more likely that your brain will then start to believe that it's actually possible to happen because you've turned the whole thing into reality. And the interesting thing, which I don't know how the brain does this, but the the brain scientists will share this with us, is the brain doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. It doesn't know whether that picture is actually real or whether you've just created it as a goal. All your brain knows now is that you've set a date, you've set a time, uh, this is what you want and we've got a picture of it, so let's go achieve it. 
your brain can't tell whether it's just a picture or whether it's for real, which is why there's a lot of people when they achieve their goal, they don't even get that excited about it because in their brain they have achieved it so many times, it's become a reality for them. So I will share with you that uh, it used to be a, a written thing for me. I was always told, write, you know, write down your goals, Rowie, and you're more likely to achieve them. Uh, say your goals, Rowie, and you're more likely to achieve them. But it's interesting that everything I've ever put onto a vision board uh, has turned into a reality, everything I've ever pictured. And is it possible that we focus on it more effectively if we have a picture of it? So if you have a, and it could be a special time of the year for you, it could be the start of the year, could be New Year's Eve, could be the day that you write your goals at the start of the year, it could be your birthday, it could be a, a special time that uh, you've looked into the future and said, I want my life to look differently. The first question is always, what do you want? And then turn it into a picture so that your brain can actually see it. Now, the next thing is, uh, who in your life? Uh, have you shared your goals with? And it, could it be really important to be careful about that? Uh, are there people that if you share your goals with them, they will say, you can't do that, it's not possible, it won't work for you? Uh, versus there's some people who might say, of course you can do it, and, and how are you going to do it? And where are you going to do it? And why are you going to do it? And, and what's the exact day, date and time that you're going to do it? Uh, and could it be a really good idea to invest time with those people and or keep your goals to yourself? Uh, if you've got people trying to pull you down or tell you that you can't do it, it might be a reason that uh, you don't achieve your goals because you believe what they tell you. And I have uh, too many people in my life where they've actually shared that with me. I thought I could do it, but I had somebody in my life who told me that I couldn't, so I didn't. Uh, and could that be a very dangerous person to have in your life? So first question, what do you want? Next question is, who in your life is going to help you achieve it? And is it more likely that you're the person, you're the very best person to help you achieve your goals? Uh, is it possible that uh, there has to be a really good reason? Uh, and I'll use this, this whole losing weight thing as an exercise professional has been a really interesting study for me because a lot of people share with me that they really want to lose weight. They actually say that. But very few people, not only do they not lose weight, but even if they do lose weight, they put it back on again. Why is that? Uh, a question that I don't have an answer to. Uh, the brain scientists have some answers for that. And one of those is very specific is that the person that lost weight still doesn't see themselves as a fit, lean, healthy person when they look in the mirror. They haven't changed the picture in their brain. So could that be a really good idea? Again, it's all about pictures. If you look in the mirror and you don't see yourself as a fit, lean, healthy, strong person, is it possible that your brain can't uh, or will always go back to what it's used to? So if you still see an overweight person, you're going to go back to what your brain can see. And the interesting thing to just take note of there is Having worked with a lot of people that are really challenged with food, people that have either anorexia or bulimia, where they, they are either very thin or very unwell, but when they look in the mirror, they still see a really big fat person or an overweight person or somebody that they don't like the look of. Even in, an, in the case of anorexics, for example, where they're really, really thin, but they don't see that because their brain is still focused on, I think I'm a fat person or I think I'm really overweight. That's the power of pictures. So again, is it possible that if you really want to achieve something, you have to be able to visualize it, you have to be able to see it. 
So whatever your current system is for setting goals, I have this great question. First of all, do you want to be a goal setter or a goal achiever? And what's the point of setting a goal? What's the point of, of even having a plan on how to achieve the goal if you don't apply it? So my next question is always, what, is there a plan? Is there a way? Is there a system for being able to achieve a goal? And uh, I do have an answer for that. And if you don't do it, it won't work. <laughs> uh, and I, I have a bit of a giggle for that because I know that sounds really silly. But when I first was uh, was given this, this foolproof plan, it seemed a bit simple. It seemed a bit easy. It can't be that easy. Uh, however, I'm a... Uh, an implementer. I don't suffer from the disease TFI, total failure to implement. So I decided I'd give it a crack. So I hope I've teased you a little bit. The system is that instead of focusing on the really big goal, because the challenge with really big goals is one, we haven't achieved them. So we don't think that we can. We don't actually know that we can. If you've never done something, you don't know that you can do it. And I'll use uh, marathon running as an example, because I've done a few of those. But when I did my first marathon, uh, before I did it, I didn't know that I could run marathon. I had no clue. I hoped I could and I wished I could and I set a goal that I couldn't even, and I even put pictures of myself running a marathon on the fridge. But I didn't know that I could do it until I actually did it. And is it possible that you're the same? Even if you think you can and you believe that you can and you've got a positive attitude about doing it, uh, you can't do it or you haven't done it until you actually do it. Uh, so there's a, and I'll use another example, people talk about getting strong in the gym, I'm going to lift 100 kilos, I'm going to squat or deadlift 100 kilos. Well, that's all fine and wonderful to say that, but you, you, you can't do it until you actually go to the gym and, and lift it. You actually have to lift the weight to say that, yes, I can lift 100 kilos. You have to run the marathon to say, yes, I can run 42.2 kilometers. And the challenge with those kinds of goals, those big ones, and I'll use it even more random, I'm going to be a millionaire. And if at the moment you're earning $50,000 a year or $100,000 a year, that probably feels impossible. And uh, in your, your own brain, it, you, you, can't, you can't fathom it because it's not, you've never done it before. So how do you make sure that those really big goals get achieved? And of course, the answer is, well, are you achieving the little goals? So do you need to be able to run five kilometers before you can run 42.2 kilometers? Do you need to be able to lift five kilos before you can set up the process to be able to lift 100 kilos? Do you need to save $10 before you can save $100 before you save $1,000 before you can put the actions into place to make sure that you become a millionaire if that's a goal? Uh, and the question is, the person that you are now, uh, if you are capable of of doing that thing, you would have done it because you, okay, let's go run marathon, you would. There's this thing called training and practicing and preparing and planning to do something. And often the process of doing something is what where people get stuck. It's that word discipline. I know what I should do. Uh, I know what I want to do. I want to achieve that. And I probably need to run if I want to be able to run a marathon. But what if I don't feel like it? So the challenge is the discipline of doing something even if you don't feel like it. So the system is this. What if we focused rather than on the big goal, we focused on a small goal, a tiny goal, and I'll use this word, an achievable goal, because I don't know that I can run 42.2 kilometers. But what if I set a goal that I was going to, to run for 10 seconds every day? 
I'm going to run as hard as I can for 10 seconds. And what if I set that as a goal and I made a, a commitment to doing that without fail every day for seven days? I'm going to run for 10 seconds as hard as I can. Now, the system was given to me like this. Uh, pick five things that you know you can do every day that you'll never miss. Things that are so achievable, so easy, so possible, the only thing you have to do is do them. It's not that you can't do them. They're so easy, of course you can do them. And do them for seven days. So because I've been doing this for such a long time, I've got all sorts of different examples, but I'll give you, my, I think these were my original examples. One was that I would learn a new word every day because one of the things I'm committed to is learning and I wanted to, in my headspace, obviously as an exercise professional, I wanted to be recognized as somebody who is knowledgeable in my area. Uh, that studying neuroscience is a big goal. Learning a new word every day is not even, not even an easy goal. It's, it's so easy that you'd be ridiculous if you didn't do it. So every day I would just open up the dictionary, find a word that I didn't know the meaning to, and I would learn the meaning to that word. And I did that for seven days. So that was one. The second one was uh, that I was going to uh, exercise every day, which I was doing anyway. Uh, I've always exercised every day of my life. But I made a commitment that regardless, I was going to run a certain time period. Now that's changed over all different. I've done five minutes, I've done 10 minutes, I've done 20 minutes, I've done an hour. There was one year where I ran two hours every day because I wanted to prove to myself that I could. But I made a commitment that I would never miss. Now, if you're not exercising at the moment, so I'll use my example. I use 20 minutes as an example. So it wasn't that I wasn't exercising, but I made a commitment that every day for the for at least seven, for, to start with seven days, I was going to run for a minimum of 20 minutes as hard as possible, which is at the moment sounds really silly because you can't really run really hard for 20 minutes. But that was my initial. So for seven days. So learn a new word, run for 20 minutes. Uh, for me at the time, who was intermittently eating very healthy food, but there were days that I that I wasn't. So I set a goal that I would eat at least one piece of fruit every day. Now that's so easy to achieve. The reason the twenty minute run was so easy because I was already running every day. I was already exercising every day, but it was a commitment for seven days, never miss rain, hail, shine, hot or cold. Uh, tired or stressed, injured doesn't matter. I'm going to learn a new word every day. I'm going to run every day. I'm going to. Uh, eat a piece of fruit every day. I'm going to do something for me every day. Now, I know that sounds um, very selfish, but for me it was, uh, and I had listened to a lot of people talk about, uh, you know, I do everything for everybody else and I don't do anything for me. I never find time for me. So I wanted to prove that it was possible to do something for yourself every day. And we have a bit of a joke about this at our house because whether it was um, have a massage or have a beauty treatment or uh, read a magazine for half an hour or do paint my nails, whatever it was. And the reason we joke at our house is that there would be some days where it'd be three o'clock in the morning, we just got back from a big trip or we'd been out for an evening or something and I'd come home and I'd be painting my nails and came in and would say to me, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty late to be painting your nails, but I had made a commitment that I was going to do this, do something for me every day. And I'll, I'll just finish off the five. So it was... Um, exercise every day, uh, eat a piece of fruit every day, learn a new word every day, do something for me every day, and then do something for somebody else every day. 
So it was uh, send an email or write a card or give a gift or do something really special for one at least one person every single day. Now, those things are really easy to do. It's really easy now to send a text message, for example, to somebody. But the first commitment was seven days. And I'm talking about things that are so easy that you there's no if you didn't do them you'd have to think to yourself I'm a lazy little so and so because that was just ridiculous not to do them eat one piece of fruit every day is pretty easy and that also meant by the way that sometimes I'd come home late at night and go I haven't eaten any fruit today I better have a banana I better have an apple before I go to bed because I made a commitment and this is the really important part of this for seven days I'm going to do these things and I'm never going to miss so the seven days, once you've done that, I would like you to ask yourself this feeling or what, how this would feel. I've done all five things and I've done them for seven days. I haven't missed. I can tick the box, tick the box, tick the box, tick the box for seven days. Because this process isn't about the thing that you do. It's the commitment to do them and not miss. So once I did them for seven days, I made a commitment that I would then do 30 days, one month. So for 30 days, I'm going to do each one of those things and not miss. I'm going to learn a word every day. I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to eat a piece of fruit every day. Do something for me every day. Do something for somebody else every day. 30 days. Easy. Easy to do. The challenge with easy to do, it's easy not to do. And that's the big thing here. It's the commitment of doing it. Oh, it doesn't matter if we don't do it. It's just a simple thing. No, no, I made a commitment. I'm going to do it. So 30 days. And of course, then the 30 days becomes, well, let's do it for a whole year. Let's make a commitment to not missing a day. And I'm going to give you the end of this story. Uh, I heard just, I read a book, I think, I think it was Wayne Dyer, who's a, a uh, motivational type, a head doctor, psychologist, psychiatrist. And he had run every day for 10 years. Rain, hail or shine hadn't missed a day. So, well, I've done the seven days, I've done the 30 days, I've done the, the year. I'm going to make that commitment. I'm going to run every day for 10 years. I'm not going to miss. Now, I've never missed a day of exercise, but there has been times when I haven't been able to run because I've had an injury. So I wanted to set the, 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 make the commitment that I was going to run every day for 10 years. Now, that's quite a long time. That's a bigger commitment than Olympians because they've got four years to wait. I made a commitment for 10 years. Now, this is a really important question because remember, I already had the backup. I had done those small things for seven days. I'd done those small things for 30 days. I'd done those small things for a whole year. And if you get to the end of the year and you can tick the box and say, I didn't miss a day. for any. I didn't miss any days. Cool. <laughs> so I set the goal. The first year was really uh, challenging for me because I think I missed a couple of days. Something happened injury, cold, I don't remember, but I had to get to the end of the day, oh, sorry, the end of the year and write in my diary with my special pen, with my special diary, that I had missed two days of that year and it felt horrible, which is probably a really good thing. So I had to start all over again. <laughs> I'm going to run every day for 10 years. I'd like you to imagine this feeling and I'm, I'm visualizing it and this is a really important thing because the whole 10 years I visualized this moment. I visualized what it would feel like to finish my run on the last day of the 10th year and be able to say I've run every day for 10 years I've never missed. Now the really ironic thing was in my 10th year I had an interesting knee injury. So the challenge was to get through that year. It didn't happen quite late in the year but I had to get to the end of that year with a knee injury because I didn't want to miss a day. And 
I'm sharing this with you because it wasn't for me now anymore. It wasn't about uh, it wasn't about being healthy or fit or strong. It was about the discipline of being able to say I've, I've focused on this for ten years. Interestingly, my knee injury. I just, I think the adrenaline rush of being able to say I've run every day for ten years got better and better and better and higher and more and more powerful by by the end of the year. It was the thirty first of December. I remember exactly where I was. K-Man came with me on that last last day. Uh, we went for a run in the beautiful sunshine on the 31st of December. We ran up the driveway and I touched the house. And I said to myself, as I had said every day for 10 years, focusing and visualising this moment, I've done it. I've run every day for 10 years, touched the, touched the house. I'm sharing that with you because... I will also share with you that in that 10-year period, uh, I became a different person. I, the focus, the discipline, the commitment, the, uh, the visualisation, the personal development, the professional development was enormous. The person you have to become to make a commitment to yourself for 10 years and never miss. And I've got to tell you, there were days I did not feel like running. There were days that it was hot, it was cold, I was jet lagged, I was injured, I was stressed. Uh, you know, it would have been so much easier to go and ride the bike or get, get on the cross trainer. Or they're all the things that when you're injured or it's, it's stressful. And I've never missed a day of exercise, but there's certainly been days before that 10 years where I thought, well, it's really hard to run today. I'll, I'll get on the cross trainer instead. Or it's really hard to run today. I'll, I'll get on the bike and just do a quick 20 minutes so I can say that I didn't miss a day of exercise. But this was a commitment. I made a commitment to myself. But I changed as a person. And that 10-year period turned me into, and some people accuse me, in fact, a lot of people accuse me of being fanatical and too disciplined and unrealistic. And I will share with you that it's a beautiful way to live. When you make a commitment to yourself, when you make a promise to yourself and you don't let yourself down, uh, one of the interesting things that people share with me is that one of their goals is to have integrity or one of their core values is integrity. I'll challenge you on that particular point because is it possible that integrity is the wrapping paper, the glue, the uh, the foundation, the fundamental of everything that you do? Because if I say to myself, I'm going to exercise tomorrow and I don't, what happens to my integrity? If I tell you that I'm going to uh, uh, eat healthy food today and I don't, uh, I, I've let, well, you probably don't care whether I eat healthy food or not, but I told you I was going to do it. You said that I didn't eat healthy food, so you say, well, that girl's lacking in integrity. But what about me? I have to live with myself. I promised myself I would do something, and I didn't do it. Integrity, and there's all sorts of definitions, and you'll have your own personal one, but how about this? Do what you do, do what you said you would do, when you would do it, even if you don't feel like it, which is the same definition of discipline. And could that be two really interesting reasons why people achieve their goals? They make a commitment to themselves, they have the discipline to commit to the plan and do it, and they have the integrity to never give up, never let themselves down and never stop. People often ask me, Rowie, how do you do it? How do you be happy all the time? How do you have such a happy life? Why, why is your life so amazing? Well, that's a very interesting thing to say because I've had some terrible things happen to me. I've had some horrible experiences. I've had some 
things where, and I'll even use an example where we've we've had some professional people in our life say to us, are you guys okay? There are other people that have committed suicide or they're in deep, dark depression, having had the same thing happen to them. To them. How are you doing? And Cayman's got this beautiful answer to that, which is we are hemorrhaging money, not blood. We're hemorrhaging um, some terrible things happen, but we're still alive. We're still breathing. We're okay. Is it possible that... Uh, the little things that you do then allow you to believe that you can do the little things so then you can do a bit bigger thing. So the seven days then makes you believe, well, you, I did that for seven days. Well, now I know I can do it for seven days. What if I did it for seven more? What if I did it for 30 more? What if I did it for 365 days more? Uh, it's not. It, it, it seems unrealistic to be able to run every day for 10 years. But I would never have been able to do that if I didn't start with the seven days of really easy things. So if you really want to do something, if you really want to achieve something, maybe ask the question, how's my discipline, how's my integrity with the little things? If I make a promise to myself to eat one piece of fruit every day, I need to keep that promise to myself and do that for seven days, 30 days, 365 days. If I make a promise to myself that I'm going to exercise for a minimum of 20 minutes every day, then I need to keep that commitment. Now, if you don't do any exercise at all, 20 minutes might seem like a really long time. So don't pick 20 minutes. Pick one minute. Pick 10 seconds. The beautiful thing about sprinting is if you sprint as hard as you can for 10 seconds, you will get that neurotransmitting result where your body and your brain thinks differently because you put your body under stress, under overload. So you've got to produce epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol to sprint. And then because you've done that, you'll now have uh, dopamine, serotonin, brain drive, neurotropic factor, endorphins, all those happy drugs pumping into your brain. So for as little as 10 seconds, and that's the thing, is 10 seconds achievable? And surely the answer is yes. If you can't find 10 seconds to pump happy drugs into your brain, then maybe that's the person that ends up who ends up never achieving their goals because they're not prepared to put in 10 seconds. Is it, prepared, is it possible that if you're prepared to put in 10 seconds that you may then be able to do 10 seconds three or four times a day. You might then do 10 seconds three or four times an hour and then you get really fit. It might be that you you go to the gym and this is a beautiful thing about strength training. You don't have to go very often. You just have to make the commitment to going at least once a week to lift something heavy. Uh, your body will automatically get strong and if you make a commitment to go once a week, do three exercises and keep getting stronger, by the time you get to the end of the year, you go, well, I used to lift five kilos and now I lift 55. I used to lift 10 kilos and now I lift 100 kilos. I decided I'd sprint for 10 seconds every, uh, once a day. So now I sprint for 10 seconds three times a day. Now I sprint for 10 seconds four times an hour. And before you know it, you're fit enough to be able to run a marathon. It's the little things that help us achieve the big things. So what are you doing to make sure you can see yourself achieving your goal? Make sure that if you don't have people in your life who are committed to helping you achieve your goal or at least respect that you've got goals, maybe don't share them. Share your goals with those people because they're just going to pull you down. Uh, wouldn't it be nicer to be able to say to people, this is what I've done, rather than this is what I'm going to do? And I always use that as an ex interesting example. Uh, is it possible that a lot of people in our lives don't believe us anymore because we've said so many times, I'm going to, I'm going to, going to, going to, going to, going to, and we didn't, 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 didn't. So they think every time we say something now, we're just talking shit. So what if? Make a commitment to yourself. Have the discipline and integrity to commit to the goal, the tiny, tiny, tiny goal. 
then the tiny, tiny, tiny goal for a longer period of time, then the tiny, tiny, tiny goal for a bigger period of time. And if it's, is it possible that if you do something enough times over and over, you become a disciplined person? And that's my last question. If we're in the habit of being undisciplined and lazy, is it possible to get into the habit of being disciplined and focused and committed? And every behavioral scientist and psychologist and neuroscientist will tell you that the answer to that is yes. Very difficult to drop a bad habit. You just have to exchange it for a different habit. So if you're in the habit of being lazy, you just have to change that to the habit of being disciplined. And is it possible that it starts with little things, not big things? So perhaps pick five little things, easy things. Don't miss for seven days. Commit, 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 commit. I'm not going to miss. Create a picture of you achieving your big goal, but that picture only becomes a reality when there's a committed disciplined, focused person with integrity. That's the person that goes from tiny little goals to really big goals. Could that be the reason why there are some people who achieve every single one of their goals? And could that be the reason why there's some people that achieve none of their goals? And the question is, who are you going to be?